He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back! Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Brian Bassett here from the There's Always Next Year team. And Josh and Travis will be joining me later. But we had no idea that when we taped this podcast on Monday, that literally within the hour, (laughs) Sam Darnold would be traded to the Carolina Panthers. And we're going to have lots of information to talk about free agency and the upcoming draft and what the Jets should be doing. There's also a horrifying, horrifying story about bread, which I can't wait for you to hear. So definitely stay tuned for that. You will enjoy or be horrified or both. But we've got to talk about the Darnold trade. And so I love the trade. The trade gets the Jets a six this year and a second and fourth next year. And it's clear Sam Darnold was not going to have a future with this team with the second pick. They were going to draft a quarterback. And in the best case scenario, there's just no future for Sam Darnold in New York. And so the, the best case scenario would be you let him play. You let him walk in free agency next year. You don't pick up his $19 million option. And then in a few years, he becomes a compensatory pick for the Jets because he gets a contract. The best compensatory pick that the Jets could have gotten would have been a third in 2023, I believe, which it's effectively a fourth rounder. So if you translate it into 2021 terms, it's effectively a, a second rounder because the way conventions work in the NFL is if you trade a fourth this year, to another team and they'll give you a pick next year. They're going to give you a third. So you roll that forward. The point is there was no way the Jets were going to get a first round pick for Sam Darnold based on his play, a guy who has been one of the lowest rated quarterbacks over the last three seasons. The only guy who has had as bad a stretch of play as Sam Darnold has in the last three years has been Eli Manning in the decline of his career. And so while I get it, the Jets had effectively no weapons and then uh, they, so they gave him nothing and then they subtracted from nothing by giving him Adam Gaze. Still, there was no future for this player, this team. So to effectively get a second next year and then these other things that effectively make it a, borderline second or third round pick if we're just equating it into 2021 numbers that's pretty good value Uh, i'll take it and there's the added idea that most teams take the win now approach so think about the seattle trade for jamal adams they discount their own success on a given year and so while 
maybe the Carolina Panthers think that trading for Sam Darnold and giving up a second round pick next year is worth the 58th pick or the 56th pick or something like that. The truth is it could just as easily be the 34th pick or the 38th pick. So I love second rounders. I love second rounders for the value that they create compared to first rounders. You're getting very talented players on very cheap contracts that you have control of for a long time. So the fact that Joe Douglas is optimizing for second round picks is a real good signal to me. And I just think there was no future for Darnold in New York. So this is the best case scenario for New York. This is the best case scenario for Rule and the team in Carolina who was interested in Darnold, interested in coming to New York to coach Darnold. So there's this sense of, I have an affinity for this guy. I almost coached this guy. I can make it work. And when you have players like DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, it's easy to make that jump. And so I think the world of Sam Darnold, and I think he'll he hopefully will have a great opportunity to shine in Carolina. It just didn't seem like it was going to come together for him here. So the Jets move on. Now the big question is, who do they move on to? We'll discuss that during the podcast. But then the other question is, who's going to back up this player? And the one player that comes to mind that we hadn't considered so to this point in free agency would be a quarterback like Nick Mullins who was a backup, was in San Francisco, understands the system. And while he was not tendered as a restricted free agency, uh, as a restricted free agent from the San Francisco 49ers, he could be in a good situation. Although he's he's rehabbing off an elbow surgery, he could be in a good situation to coach, tutor, and help someone like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or whoever the team winds up picking at that second overall pick. So enjoy the rest of the podcast and be horrified the next time you eat a slice of bread. Thanks. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Welcome back. It's been a minute. This is There's Always Next Year, and I'm your host, Brian Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who's cooking up something delicious at Dash 37 Board 27. Fellas, it has been a long time. Josh, yep. what is going on? What is popping off in your world? Popping off in my world. Man, it's been a whirlwind of sports watching and twin toddler raising. We took the fronts off their crib a few weeks ago, and that sucks. So they're just up all through the night <laughs> doing, doing God knows what um, in the middle of the night. So that's been chaos. But, you know, just getting excited for Jets draft time, watching a lot of UConn, not as much as I wish, early in the tournament for the men. And women lost that game to Arizona the other night. Yankee Oof. baseball is back. It is a great time to be a sports fan. So doing well. Good. Travis, are you busy at all this spring? What's, oh, you're not doing anything, are you? Sweet Lord. I, so with the inn and the uh, the big restaurant, Hickory, we're looking at construction being done early fall. So we're I'm knee-deep in putting together uh, hiring, menus, budgets, ordering equipment. Also, we are opening up the first phase of the hotel, which is these cabins that are in God the woods. Damn. And so right now I'm de facto hotel manager because we haven't brought that person on yet. So right now I'm executive chef, expediter, line cook, 
chef, I said that, hotel manager, concierge, all that crap. I get to wear suits, though, now. So I haven't got to wear suits forever. That's amazing. Suits with Jordans, yes? With Jordans. Oh, of course. I I, I don't, yeah, of course. (laughs) There's no other option. Yeah, that's the idea. Travis's suit game on his Insta stories, friends. I'm just telling you, make sure you are following our boy because it is fresh. Dude, okay. just the uh, that's one of the things like through COVID, all I've done is freaking buy shoes and tuxedo coats. So like, <laughs> I'm ready to look good and go out somewhere. I just don't have anything, so I'm just saying, screw it. I'm gonna wear it in the restaurant, just wander around. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think we are all getting so thirsty for going out and doing things and social events, and and I will say that I. I, I might have made a mistake, but I'll, I'll tell you what I've been up to. So work's been fine, good. We were trying to get a puppy for our kiddos who've been, wanted a puppy basically forever. We found a puppy, a yellow lab, very cute. I'll post some pictures up later. And we got it in Ocala, Florida. So <laughs> I, I will say Ocala, not the worst town ever, definitely it's on the rise, let's say that. But staying in the downtown hotel uh, the night before we picked up the puppy, it was the fucking loudest hotel I've ever been into. <laughs> Other than the only two that were louder was when I stayed on the Strand in London and the bus was just going by my room all night. I was on the second floor and it was just going by my room all night. And the only other one was in Mexico City when I was on like the fifth floor, like right above like the fourth floor, which had like a dance like a discotheque or whatever. And I was on like the, the floor right above it, downtown Mexico city. And those were the, the only louder hotels that I've ever stayed in my whole life. But before that, we went to Disney world for a week. And the first day we got into the hotel, we were staying at the dolphin, which is or like a hotel on the property or whatever. And I'm there in the pool and because our kids have been cooped up in the car all day. And I'm just, you know, floating around in the water and there's just people like all fucking over me and i'm just like oh so this is where i'm gonna get covid this is where i get covid got it and i mean there were people everywhere and people are running up the back of you in line and you and you know this disney star wars rides and it's just like okay everybody's wearing masks but but yeah i think people are anxious to get out travis so i think your hotel and restaurant and inn will be very popular come fall and and yes can I can I share with you guys my my buck wild uh, travel story real real quick before yes, we get please. into it? Okay, I don't want to blow this person up because she's a super super sweet human being. But uh, I did this event out of town in Charleston, South Carolina. It was a small socially distanced like farm event with uh, a pig farmer friend of mine. He's uh, when it comes to pig farmers, he's the most famous pig farmer in the country, I think. He also does a show about uh, moonshine on, on TLC or one of those things. Mm. And uh, so we're doing this event. Ooh. And this one person that was involved in the event, I'm cooking up uh, a whole goat and I'm doing a bunch of rabbits and squirrel and all this, this crazy stuff out. And, and uh, this person Farm comes up and, and drops off like four loaves of bread. And she's like, hey, I brought some bread for you guys to, to serve. I'll tell you about it later before you guys serve it. I didn't think anything of it. I totally, you know, forgot about it because I'm knee deep in cooking. And after we served the food, she comes up and she's like, oh, you forgot to serve the bread. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally did. She's like, OK, don't put it out yet. Let me tell you, I I made this bread from my own yeast. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. <sighs> like you, 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 you collect yeast like at a vineyard or anything. She's like, no, oh, like no. My, my own. Oh. I went freaking nuts. And when we're done with this, I'm going to send somebody. Somebody was lucky enough. There was a photographer from Garden and Gun there that that took a picture 
at the exact moment she told me this, and it's, my, it's probably my favorite picture of me that's <laughs> ever <avatar>. existed. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my that's yeah, it's not no. COVID, but <laughs> horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, that's yeah, that's worse than COVID. I'd rather catch COVID than catch whatever was coming from that person's yeast. Yeah, I think I'm going to start oh. uh, referring to her as Focaccia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sourdough. Sour, yes. sourdough. Oh my god. Oh, I think the only thing that could be worse than that, uh, honestly, I'm sure it's fine. It's fine. It's fake. Whatever. It's just it's the fine. thought of it. The only thing that I think that would be worse that would be in your culinary repertoire would be, you know how some people like in, I think, Eastern cultures, they eat like the placenta. Placenta, yeah. Like, how about this? I got a menu item for you. Placenta pepperoni rolls. What do you oh. think? <laughs> oh. That's freaking barf right there. Oh, I swear that, like, I was so mad. I was like, you couldn't have told me this like from the beginning. Like, uh, I like... <laughs> How did she think that conversation was going to go when she's, hey, just before you serve it, let me tell you about it. What what segment of the population did she think was going to go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's going to go really well with this roasted duck. I- she was super cute, number one. So I think nobody's like bucking her on stuff like that. But also, yeah, that, that's a stretch. But uh, I think that she was super stoked about it because one of the things that I'm known for is like fermenting and doing like crazy yeah. stuff. But yes. like never right. with involving bodily functions. <laughs> Yeah. But but I think that some... she was super stoked that she did like some natural firming and make I, yeah. I swear like it's still messing with oh me. Oh my god. It's the, legit the super That's dry natural fermenting. Yeah, the super dry sarcastic comic in me would have asked her just stand here and tell me your process. Tell me the whole thing let's get it on camera and you think I'm like super interested <laughs> and I'm secretly this? just disgusted. See, that's oh. the thing. I don't know where that conversation's going to go because I don't know I don't know how all she said was, yeah, it, I, I, I got it when I was done with my cycle. And I was like, I, I don't oh. want any more. Like, oh I, I Who don't want some yeast rolls. And walking away. Oh my gosh. That is horrifying. That is absolutely yeah. horrifying. You live, but see, that's the culinary tip of the spear that you that you are on, Travis. You get these amazing, Word. delicious Osabaw pigs and your buddy in Kentucky who does the amazing cured hams and you get everything. And unfortunately, part of getting everything is, is vagina personal bread. hygiene. Yeast roll. <laughs> yeah, vagina bread. Exactly. Oh, my word. It's going from vagina bread to, uh, to something more interesting, maybe for our listeners. Uh, I don't know. Maybe less interesting. I don't know. Yeah, is, sorry. got to talk I, about I, the I Jets. I couldn't agency. hold that back, though. No, that is so amazing. good. That, that is amazing. a story I would never... If not for you, I would I could never, ever even imagine a story like that. But as soon as you said my own yeast, I was like, oh, my God. No, please, no. <laughs> you know, Joe Douglas has been baking up some free agency oh, yeast rolls. Oh, God, that us. was... Oh, God. Oh, man. Is that a good segue, guys? That, that was... A, oh, you nailed it. All right, Kobe. So what do we think? What do we think about... What do we think about free agency? Are we highly unsatisfied are we mad are we sedated how are we feeling josh when it comes to free agency i'm feeling fine i think there were some of those high-end wide receivers that would have been really nice to add honestly as those contracts came out i i weirdly find myself again just like placing my faith and trust in in joe douglas's process that he and sala have gotten together and making a plan and it doesn't include 
massive splashy moves year one, but let's build a base. And so I felt like of the things they could have done, I feel like they stayed away from some potential future landmines and just added some nice little pieces that I think will be helpful, but don't break the bank and don't box them into bad contracts in two years. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I think there was definitely, for anybody who was spending time on Twitter, you know, especially early days of free agency, there was a lot of angst um, and frustration around the moves or lack of moves that the team made, especially around offensive line. But Travis, how, how do you feel about so, some of the moves that the team made just in general? And we can dive into positional groups or things like that. I really love the Lawson signing. I, th- I don't think yep. there was a single Jets fan that, that had any qualms about that. I don't hate the the Cole signing. Davis, not bad. I think he's got a lot of potential in the system. You know, I, I always want more movement on the offensive line side, but uh, you brought up a really good point that I had been talking to people about for quite a while is that the scheme that we're moving toward is more zone blocking. And right now, mm-hmm. like our guards are actually pretty athletic, at least mm-hmm. Fant is, and not a bad fit for that. So I don't hate standing pat especially considering the contracts that were thrown out to Tooney and Lindsley and everybody mm-hmm. else. You know, I, I don't have any qualms about it. the one thing I, I, it just keeps scaring me seeing how many one year contracts we're doling out to people under Joe Douglas. You know, it seems we're building a base, but at the same time, it's, there's no, it's, it's like this feeling of there's not any continuity in the team yeah. at any point right now. Now I think that's the one thing that scares me. And, but at the same time, it, it is smart considering looking back at what McCagnan did of these long-term huge money deals, you know, it's like he's signing people to prove it deals that are stop gaps. I'm just ready mm-hmm. for the stop gaps to stop being here. Yeah, yeah I think, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. I was just going to agree with you. I, and I think even league wide, I think you saw so many one-year contracts because of the anomaly of the cap. And so it felt like this like bigger thing that agents and players were not wanting to lock in at potentially lower numbers. And if the cap goes up next year, if fans are allowed back, all those pieces, it did feel, you know, to, to me, like, like some of these deals that are even a couple of years, Lawson, even Corey Davis, like a year from now might look really great. And I think we might even see someone like, oh, man, I really wish um, we got Sheldon Rankins for a third year instead of this two-year contract. So I do see some of those things and go, listen, like it is a little bit of a sign of the times, but at the same time, I feel like they added some good pieces in some ways that are going to really pay off over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, I think that that was the big thing. I wasn't sure about Corey Davis at first, just based on the money. But once, you know, I thought about it and, well, they play, they paid Perriman, what, like $10 million last year. I think more than anything, I was like, you couldn't get a better bargain on him because he's – but the thing that I really like about him is he's super efficient and, and not – I don't think he's going to stand in the door – in the doorway and kind of bar someone like Denzel Mims from becoming the dog on that, in that wide receiver room. I think that opportunity is available to someone like Mims. And so once I saw that to, to your point about Josh, about short deals, one year deals and that kind of thing, Travis too, is I think there's this sense of, Hey, we're just trying to build little bits and, and right. Kind of not lock ourselves into these, you know, horrible contracts that we we're paying players out for years or just dealing with the cap repercussions. And so, yes, did they not spend as much as they could? They're down to 20 million. And I'll say, I think when I look at the moves that they made on a whole and I compare them to a team like 
you know, the Jaguars who, who had a similar amount of cap space and some of the money that I just watched the Jaguars like giving to teams, I yeah. just didn't even get it. I'm like, why did you give that guy $6 million a year? That makes no sense to me. It's you're just trying to spend money for, to spend money. Like you just, you know, I don't know. It, it didn't make sense. And so I can see the moves. And so, yes, would I have liked them to sign someone like Tooney or, you know, a great offensive lineman, but yeah, it was just this thing that no one would address the fact that the old scheme, while the players in the old scheme didn't perfectly fit the old scheme, they seemed to be well suited for this newer scheme. And so was that something Douglas was thinking about, you know, a year ahead of time, bringing in, you know, a new kind of zone blocking, you know, outside athletic system. Maybe if that was something he really had his heart set on, then maybe he, he brings in Tristan Wirfs instead yeah. of, you know, Becton. But at the same time, like Becton is so athletic. I just think if he can shave some weight off, he'll be much, he'll be, he could be amazing at 20 to 30 pounds less than his current or less last year's playing weight. And yeah, more durable. That's the thing. Cause right. He, he missed some games last year. How many, he missed two or three games. I can't remember, or, you know, was what came out of a couple games. So yeah, we, if this is going to be the guy who's going to be the, you know, just think about DeBrick, right? DeBrick Shaw Ferguson, like he never missed a game in 10 years with the team because he was lean. And that was always an, oh, he's, you know, playing underweight, and he's, you know, but he was so lean and so athletic and, you know, in such good shape, it really ended up benefiting the team as a whole. So if I, I think on a whole, it wasn't sexy, but I certainly think it was a clear indication of, hey, we're going to build this team through the draft and we'll let the chips fall where they may. And then they started picking up, you know, doing some dumpster diving late with, you know, Tevin Coleman and things like that, which I like to see. So I don't know, which group do you feel was most positively impacted in, in free agency? You talked about loss and so I'm guessing you're going to go there. Is that right, Travis? I was going to say wide receivers. Granted, you know, I think what we had last year was – you know, not great. I, I, I got higher on Perriman as the year went, but you know, with injuries and everything, Corey Davis is pretty durable. Like I, he played for Tennessee. I have to see his games all the damn time. I, I was actually <laughs> probably one of the people that was more stoked about that. I think the wide receiver spot is drastically improved. And I think it's, as you said, it's going to open up a lot of things for Mims. but on the, on, to your point, the position that was probably worse than any was edge. We haven't had an edge since John Abraham. So just having someone there that's got some form of a pedigree is a, a humongous step up. How dare you besmirch Vernon Golston? How dare you? Um, I, you know, I'm still holding out hope. I got some property left on Goldston Island. And <laughs> I'm the only guy here, but it could be worth something someday. We, uh, we also need to make sure that we get a drinking game set up for how many times over the next season. I refer to Tevin Coleman as Tevin Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't, like, something yeah, in my brain just blocks it out. I'm just Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, it's Evan Campbell. That's what... And then well, the song I mean, pops into my head. It's totally your – you've probably spent a lot more time listening to, you know, tell me what you want me to do than you have been <laughs> watching Corey Davis, Tevin Coleman highlights. So that's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's good. Crazy. Oh, my God. Where was I? I was somewhere in the Here, last week, I'm, I'm, and, and there was like R&B just bumping. I must have been in Florida. Were you, were you at my house? 
I wish I was at your house. I, mean, I, mean, that's that's what what I think I was in the bathroom at a restaurant somewhere, and I just was like, it was washing my hands. No, I was collecting yeast. No, and <laughs> I was washing my hands, and I just listened to this track, and I was just, I don't even know what it was. I did, I should have shazammed it. I'm mad at myself that I didn't shazam it. But I was like, oh man, like if Travis was here, he would just be rocking out. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the Tevin Coleman thing, I will say we just talked about that. Like I, I agree, I think wide receiver group is very interesting. Really would have liked to seen someone like Curtis Samuel been brought into this team. It's okay. They can certainly find, there's so many players of that type in this kind of, in this wide receiver group. There's so many Tyreek Hill wannabes in this wide receiver group in the draft that you could get in the second, third, fourth round that I'm not too concerned about. And even at the wide receiver position, you look at someone like Kenny Gain, who's kind of got a little Leon Washington to him. You know, there's enough players in this class and they have enough depth in the draft that if they want to get a player that they could turn into a Curtis Samuel type player, they're going to get it. But but other than that, I really do like the Tevin Coleman signing because to me, that was the indication that, okay, they're going to do their best to implement a Shanahan style system which means, right, the things we talked about, athletic line, who can move um, horizontally, horizontally, you know, athletic, agile, you know, have good burst. These aren't, you know, big plotters, kind of road grading types. I can't remember who was the guy. Was it Andre Davis, who was with the, the Bengals for a long time? Like big dude, you know, they, they, the, they're going to have dancing bear type offensive linemen to run this system. And then that then leads me to, okay, so if you're going to bring in Tevin Coleman with that kind of, you know, quick burst and one cut ability to follow, you know, follow the lineman and then, you know, hit the hole, and boom, cut up field. That's a good sign. And, but then it comes back to quarterback. And so they obviously, they haven't traded away Darnold. All indications are that they're going to draft somebody, but I don't know, do you feel any differently about this team and let's just say the Jets trade out of their current pick or, you know, forgo drafting a quarterback for uh, Penny Suell or s- someone like that, you know, Travis, how do you feel about the way this team sets up for someone like Sam Darnold? Or are you like, I'm, I want to reboot at this point. I mean, I'm not as down on Darnold as everybody else yeah. on Jets Twitter and every, right. everything. I realize he's been at the bottom of the barrel for quarterbacks every single year. But one of the things that, you know, it's it's been floating out there now, and I think people are starting to see that it might be a an actual thing that's going to happen is, you know, we don't trade Darnold. You know, if the value is not there on a trade and, you know, we go into the season with Darnold and Wilson and, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen there, you know? somebody's going to come out on, on top and you know it's I don't hate that situation I, I still think Darnold would flourish in a change of scenery I know that you know the first time he throws a, a pick or you know you know an incompletion <laughs> on three and out the entire stadium and the whole state of New York and New Jersey are going to be booing him yeah. but you know I don't hate you know what what could happen you know with these options I'm still not sold on Kyle Wilson again I'm just mm-hmm. not that dude I never have been and I, I don't I love the flexibility that Joe Douglas has continuously built into what he can do, whether it be in free agency or, you know, especially in the draft. We're walking in with, you know, a great pick and a lot of options and a lot of ways to go to improve the team in really good ways. I do think that there's a realistic possibility that they go into the draft with still having Sam Darnold. I think plan plan A is get something in the top half 
of the rounds of, of the of the draft in terms of value for Darnold and cut your losses and reboot. I I have been vocally anti because you know he's a kid mm-hmm. he's coming into the league and I want him to do well I just want Zach Wilson to do well on another team I don't want him on my team I do not understand oh the Justin Fields dropping now to maybe like the early teens spot right and Mac my Jones goodness is now like planning him if, like what's if going you, on if you told me a month ago hey Justin Fields is going to plummet you would think like some awful thing happened at his pro day or there's an injury or there's like some unsavory relationship that he's a part of just seeing already Bill Belichick arms wide open at pick 14 for Justin Fields to end up in New England. I'm already, I'm pre-mad. I'm pre-mad about Justin Fields ending up in that offense with Bill Belichick resetting another dynasty for them for absolutely no reason. And so I don't get why Justin Fields has dropped even beyond two I think we saw everything we needed to see on tape. I think his pro day was just as good. I don't think it was I mean, that one Zach Wilson throw was amazing. And then we saw two or three other guys attempted and at least come close. I, I just don't want Zach Wilson, guys. I feel like going in with an open competition is probably going to happen. I just hope it's Justin Fields and not Zach Wilson with Sam Darnold. Yeah, I don't know what to think. But the way everything's shaking out, the lining pre-draft here is, you know, Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback in this class, you know, behind Trevor Lawrence. Oh, maybe in, in another world, he maybe he's, he is the number one pick. And I understand he just threw a fucking rope on his pro day, you know, in, in a warehouse downfield with no one in coverage and Trevor Lawrence retweeted it and said, geesh, and that, you know, somehow makes him the anointed player, but there's just such variability on this guy. And I get that his closest comp is probably Baker Mayfield. I get that. I just don't know. I I still think like we've seen the highs and the lows of Baker Mayfield in I guess three years. Yeah. Three years in the league now, you know, he came in as a rookie, lit the world on fire got Odell Beckham Jr. in his second year and was a complete dud and disappointment and then came back strong in his third year in a solid system, in a solid offense that did it, did its best to prioritize the run. And then Baker was able to make plays based on establishing that run. And so I just, I'm not saying Zach Wilson can't be successful, but I just look at, at all the things around him. And I, I still can't put him past Justin Fields and he, like on any level on, as far as a prospect, as far as like uh, in a fantasy perspective, I don't see a way in which Zach Wilson outplays someone like Justin Fields, who's going to get more done on the field with his legs. I feel like we have this same thing year after year with quarterbacks. And I'll be honest, like they tend to be around African-American quarterbacks where Deshaun Watson lasts as late as he lasts so that the Texans get him. And I know there's a whole thing about Deshaun Watson right now. You know, Lamar Jackson, another player who was at the end of the first round, which is insane when you think about it. And then Patrick Mahomes, when people said, oh, he can't, he's not the right size or he can't, can't make it work. Or they, there was always something. There's always something. And so I don't, I'm not trying to make this about race. I'm just saying I don't understand how Mac Jones is better in any world than Justin Fields. Like Mac Jones is a good player, but and an impressive player. And I, if I had the fifth pick or the eighth pick, I would take that guy. And I needed a quarterback, I'd take that guy. But I, I just don't see 
how Justin Fields isn't more of an analog for someone like, like Deshaun Watson on the field. And so I, I don't understand why he's slipping and why all the love is around Zach Wilson. And again, like I can't keep watching him beat up Navy and just fall in love with this guy. So I want him to do it on the field. I, and he, he and Justin Fields are very similar players in that they're mobile quarterbacks. They've got great arms, certainly Fields has some decision-making questions. Wilson tends to be a little bit more of a too cute quarterback with some of the decisions he makes. But, but I do think that there's going to be just a wide disparity of what his outcomes would be. And to me, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. This comes down to the offensive coordinator. And so do we trust the offensive coordinator to know how to run? I'm not talking about just a Shanahan system. I'm talking about how to call plays like Shanahan, right? We understand he can imitate what Shanahan does, Travis, but can he actually be good like Shanahan? Like we see this with every Bill Belichick guy who, you know, who leaves Matt Patricia, Eric Mangini, on and on. We can go with all these coaches that they mimic this other person and they can't get it done. So for me, if I want to bank on the player talent, not on what I think the offensive coordinator is going to do. And for me, I'll put my money on fields. What do you think? I've always said I, I'm, I feel more confident in, in, in fields. Like he, he, he's a more known commodity in my mind. And I'm just I'm, I'm at that like spurned lover point in my life with the Jets quarterback situation where it's I'm not ready to put myself out there yet. You know, I'm just you know, I'm not I'm not, I'm not I've been hurt before. Like Barry Manilow and, and ready to take a chance again. Like I'm not I'm just not there. I realize it's an inevitability. But I mean, at the end of the day, I just want whoever's in there to just be good. And, you know, just like everybody. But I just I I don't see what everybody else season Kyle Wilson I I think he's got a lot of natural talent but anybody getting into the, the NFL draft has quite a bit of natural talent and I realize that's a little bit of a stretch of a statement but still you know I just I I don't know he just he scares me and it's like what you said there's so wide of a disparity between what the outcomes can be with him it's either going to be great or good or great or horrible I don't think that there's a scenario where Zach Wilson's just going to be like right. Like Chad Pennington. Oh man, he was really good. You know, he wasn't great, but he was really good. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it comes down to if Zach Wilson was in the Shanahan offense, Kyle Shanahan was his coach. I would feel a lot more confident than I would in Lafleur, who he's learned a lot from Shanahan, but I don't know that he is Shanahan and knows how to use that guy, how to get the most out of him. So I, I hate coach narratives. I really do, but at the same time, I can't help but think about that narrative when it comes to this player. Josh, where, where are you on this thing? Yeah, like I think that some of the recency bias stuff always seems to trip up teams when they're in, you know, there's probably four or five quarterbacks that are going to go in the first 10 to 12 picks. And so being at pick number two, unless a miraculous thing changes and, and Trevor Lawrence doesn't go number one, you are in this, man, similar position as 16 where it's like, there's Darnold, there's Baker, there's Josh Allen, but like, and, and the Jets making a wrong choice then, like wanting to right a wrong from five years ago is never a good idea in the NFL. Like you can't go back. And so everything about Zach Wilson, like you said, feels like Baker Mayfield and it's, oh my gosh, is this ownership going, hey, we, we need to right that wrong versus 
just looking at the player that's in front of us and going, what just makes the most sense with at the number two pick, like the least, the smallest range of outcomes, highest floor, highest ceiling capability stuff. And so like that Clemson game where Justin Fields, we learn after is hurt and he's throwing dimes all over the field. And it's like, that guy to me has the lowest range of outcomes at number two. Mac Jones maybe could flourish into that. Maybe Zach Wilson could do that. But like going back to when actual games were being played at high levels of college football, Zach Wilson won an MVP of the Boca Raton Bowl while Justin Fields is taking down the, the defending national champions and or like the, the, the runner up in the national championship, but yeah, certainly right. in like a, you know, top, top two or three teams for the last five years. And so that's all I needed to see. Like I didn't want at that point them to move away from Darnold, but if we're moving away from Darnold and it's anyone other than Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields to pick number two, I'm going to light my hair on fire. And that doesn't mean Zach Wilson won't be good. This isn't a personal, I do not like Zach Wilson. I just don't want him to be the guy on my team at pick number two. If we were picking at number seven or picking at number 14 and that guy drops, of course, then the range of outcomes makes sense. The range of outcomes at two is take the guy that you've seen it do it well at the highest level. And that's only one of two guys. And that's Lawrence or Justin Fields to me. Just looked up Zach Wilson on... <laughs> Damn it. I just looked up Zach Wilson on playerprofiler.com, which is a great site, which gives all kinds of uh, stats and stuff. And they give, they, there's probably behind the scenes a, a wide composite of players, but they're looking at like specific kind of, you know, DNA information on, you know, who the player is, you know, what their size is, you know, height, how they played in college, you know, when they broke out, you know, yards per attempt, you know, all those kinds of things. They look at it all and they put it in a database and then they spit it out. And his best comparable is Baker. Baker. No. Nope. Baker Mayfield. No. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Oh my God. Sorry. Uh, wrong bad Browns quarterback. I mean, the, wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong Browns quarterback. And so that's the thing to me where I look at this guy and I can't not see, wow, that was an electric play. And that is a, you know, sports center <laughs> highlight for sure. Absolutely. I see it, but like, I see it behind an amazing offensive line and I see it against, you know, third or fourth rate defensive backs. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I get really scared. I, so, I want to be wrong so bad. Yeah. I've never in my life wanted to be so wrong, but I just, it, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I want to like be wrong. Know. I want, if we get him to be great, but I just, I don't see it. I'm right there with you. Yeah. All right. His hand size, his hand size is nine and a half inches. That's forty third like percentile. Russell Wilson is like four inches shorter than him. And that's you know who he is. You know who he is who? to me, guys. Like he's Jay Cutler. There's the swagger. Ooh. There's the small hands, and there's just it written all over. I just don't want to take this risk, thinking if everything isn't around him is perfect. If Justin Fields right. doesn't have everything perfect, you're still competitive. Zach Wilson feels like everything's got to be perfect around him for the team to be a winning team. And man, if we've learned anything in our decades as Jet fans, nothing is going to be perfect. So just yeah. take the guy that you think with the least food in the cupboard can make a good meal, including your own human yeast at some point. That's right. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Make some sausage gravy with that. I can only imagine what this episode is going to be called. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, the yeasty boys. <laughs> the yeasty boys. <laughs> That's it. It's done. Lock it in. Yeasty boys. Yeasty um, boys. I'm making t-shirts. 
Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Someone out there, give us a, make a sweet graphic design logo of the Yeasty Voice. <laughs> um, so yeah, where do we go from here? I think that the point is, it all just seems to be lining up towards this. And we'll see. I think the funny thing is, you think about the year Darnold was drafted, Darnold was the consensus number one. And then the next thing you knew, he wasn't, right? Baker went one and everybody got flipped on their ear and the Jets got Darnold. And I was not mad that they took Darnold because I was like, I just thought he'd be the first overall pick and he seems pretty good. And But yeah, I was hoping that Darnold would go one so the Jets would actually get Baker, who again, like I get that I compare the two to each other. The difference is Baker was doing it at a different level. Baker had a weird situation in that he was forced out of his team because of some dude named Patrick Mahomes, right? And then he still was very competitive at Oklahoma. So, you know, like it was a pretty sure thing that it was going to go well for Baker coming into the league. You just can't say that with this guy. You just can't say it. I, yeah, I think we hope we're all wrong, but we'll just, we'll see where it goes. And I agree. Like you talk about kind of range of outcomes and the idea that, you have few outs, right? So it's like poker players, we call it, like Texas Hold'em players. You know, the way that they set themselves up to win is it doesn't necessarily mean the best poker players are the ones who know, okay, I have a good hand, but they also know the eventuality of when these cards play out, I'm the most likely to be the one who wins when they, you know, throw down the, you know, the, whatever, the river cards or whatever. And so the point is with someone like Zach Wilson, you have less outs than you have with someone like Justin Fields. I think that's what it comes down to for me. It's the comparison, the college play, but then also less outs. Justin Fields, he might burn bright, but have a shorter career, but like those legs and his ability to, you know, move the ball and get first downs when required in a mobile offense, you need those outs. And I don't know that Zach Wilson is big enough or has taken the kind of licks, uh, you know, at the level of play that he took, that he's going to be able to get back right up and go back on the field, you know, after Aaron Donald hits him or whatever. And, you know, and I think that's the thing with Justin Fields, he's been taking those hits for you know, for his entire collegiate career. Okay. What else? Let's just talk real quick before we go. I know we got to go because, you know, Travis is super fancy and he's got, you know, an interview with a, with a TV station and coming up here in a couple minutes. Um, I'm not going to talk about bread. <laughs> you're not nope. going to talk about bread at all. Yes. Just talk about other natural fermentations. But the, so <laughs> let's talk about the second, let's talk about like the second first rounder. And then yeah. the second rounders, what do you guys like? Come on. Like what we'll definitely talk between now and the draft again. And I will get on your schedules and we'll find some time to talk more about the, the draft as it approaches. It is approaching, but what are you guys really hoping? Like we know two is pretty much locked in for a quarterback. When you think about those other picks in the first, you know, first and second rounds, what, what do you want, Josh? Yeah. 2023 20, seems too soon to start pulling the trigger on running backs, and and I don't want the Jets to make a, a poor decision. It does feel could I could see Etienne go there, or, possibly, or, uh, or Najee. Like I could see him Najee, go there, yeah. but I, I agree. There's enough players that you could get in the second or third round. It might not be necessary. I I think it's going to be a defensive pick if it is indeed not Suell at number two, and it's one of the quarterbacks. You know, I would love to see them address the secondary in that pick. I think that there's 
a couple of guys that like, you know, you look at Melifonwu is I think his name out of Syracuse, pretty tall corner. Seems like he could be a guy that maybe fits the scheme defensively, which which maybe Sal was bringing with him a little bit from San Francisco, a little bit of the way that they play defense. So I would love to see them address the secondary. I think that would be a good, a good thing to do because I don't think pick 23 going running back is going to be the value pick that even a guy like Joe Douglas has shown what he does with his draft picks. I don't think he's going to be addressing a skill position there. So I think it's going to be defense and I'm hoping it's one of the secondary positions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like him. I like Newsom from Northwestern too. I think he might be interesting. It seems like a good fit for for solid scheme. Yeah, if you're going to go corner, it's not a bad place to do it. There's generally lots of value in the second half of the first round for really high profile, you know, players. What, what about you, Travis? What do you what are you thinking about end of the first you know, round? I could see, you know, that the 23rd pick, you know, Newsom, you know, he's one that's been in my head, but also Caleb Farley out of Virginia mm-hmm. Tech, really solid cornerback and having a, an all Virginia secondary. That'd be cool for us Virginia boys. Cool. But, uh, you know, and the, the guy I really like at that pick, and I think he's probably going to be there, is uh, Vera Tucker, the, the guard out of uh, USC. And you guys know damn well, like I'm, I'm going to have a offensive lineman in my mind at that point. I, I think <laughs> yes. that's a really good fit. He fits into the zone blocking scheme. He's athletic. He's quick. He could go right in where Van Roten is, and, you know, especially if Cam Clark's mm-hmm. coming along. Like I can see this offensive line actually taking off this year in a real organic way, it's, especially if we go after somebody like Vera Tucker. How yeah, organic like- are we talking here with that? Do you think it's I produce <laughs> this organic material myself or like it's manufactured <laughs> somewhere else? Oh, my gosh. I opened a horrendous Pandora's box. <laughs> oh, you sure did. In every I, way. Sent, I, I sent you guys the picture that I was talking about. Oh, my gosh. I, I saw gotta it. Find it's this. glorious. Let's see. <laughs> your face is like, the best is the best is in the picture. You're, you've got your arms like splayed wide. Like, what the hell? And then the look on her face she's shrugging she's, and she's shrugging given the what was the girl from the olympics like the the little kind of quirky uh, carrie carrie strug yeah, no, no, no no the no. more recent one i know you're talking about <sighs> damn it she's anyway but she's got you the lost. smirky yeah. little look she but she's looking down and just like looking at whatever the bottle of wine she has in her hand this, like well this so, is so. this is primed ready to be a meme when joe douglas makes a pick that travis doesn't like <laughs> This 100. is a perfect <laughs> memeable photo. What a great photo we're going to use yeah. for. So yeah. so angry. Well, that's the only that's the only way you're going to taste her yeast. I, I got a picture of her. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty cute. It's the only way you're going to taste her yeast. Yeasty boys for life. So what about the second round? Okay, second round. What are I, I agree. I think, you know, guards or you know just linemen, I would love to see I would love to see them pick up the thing about, so I'm not saying that the interior linemen are these like great, amazing players that are going to have, you know, red letter years. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they're fine, but they're certainly replaceable. So yeah, as you think about the second round, Travis, are you also looking for a guard center, that type of player? What are you thinking about? You know, you know, in my mind, hopefully we address that, you know, with the 23rd pick, but uh, you know, I think that even getting some more safety depth because, you know, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with May, but wide receiver, I could really see, what is it? His name's, uh, crap, what's his name? Actually, no, that's like third round, I was thinking. Wallace, one of the little uh, guys, like Rondell Moore or one of the more Yeah, brothers. Moore or like, I believe his name is like Tylen Wallace. I was reading about him the other day. Uh, 
big tall wide receiver out of uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. But again, that's probably a little further down. And I think that's really where we address like the running back picks. Like I could see, you know, there's some value in some of the smaller school guys. Another guy I was looking at running back wise was a uh, Gainwell out of Memphis. Yeah, that dude's mm-hmm. shifty. Yeah. He's quick. He's yeah. He, he played this past year, of, so he'll get dinged because he. Can, yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly right. He's like a Leon Washington type. And he'll get dinged because he didn't play this year, you know, so he will get dinged in the draft in terms of, you know, I guess it only takes one team, but you'll get value on someone like Gaines because he didn't play. So you could get him in the second, third round uh, where maybe he might've been a fringe, you know, end of the first or Rashad Penny, not that he was any great, you know, for the the Seattle Seahawks, (laughs) but he's got that jam going for him, but yeah, versatile player, interesting player. And yeah, very much in that Leon Washington type. Yeah, Tylon Wallace played at Oklahoma State. He's five, he's 5'11, 193. So he's like, he's, but he was super dominant in college. So with that, like, he could be a great kind of slot, like one of your kind of primary slot types. I don't know that he has a, like, a good comp yet because they, I don't think they've gotten any pro day numbers on him yet, but, or I haven't seen him loaded up, but, but he could be that kind of like new era slot type receiver like a a homeless chris godwin type like a homeless version <laughs> of chris homeless godwin. chris godwin <laughs> yeah homeless chris godwin yeah that's the best way to describe it yeah not I mean, I could, version a homeless version i could also see us you know going you know doubling down you know, even getting lawson going after you know a mid-round you know edge person that we could develop ronnie perkins like he's that dude's pretty awesome out of oklahoma i think that he's I remember right, he slotted right there in that lower first, early second kind of, of spot. I could totally see that happening too. Josh, any thoughts on players in the second yeah. round you'd like to see the Jets come away with? I, I, you know, I think they could really be addressing a, a bunch of different things. And I think it's going to really, obviously, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be determined on what ends up at happening with those two running backs, especially Etienne and Harris. I, I am, I'm really curious. I wonder how much of the hangover of a little bit of a not great season for oh, the Chiefs guy, Chiefs running back. Edwards Alaire. Edwards Yeah. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a, we don't really want to have running backs going still in the first round. If those guys are hanging around at 34, feels like a perfect spot for the Jets to lock down one of those guys. I, I'm also big on, and you know, I, I will die on this hill as well. I really like Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of Old Miss. I, I, yeah, he's guy, pretty. He's small, but I think he's that got guy's that. Got yeah, he's got that Tyreek Hill, homeless Tyreek Hill, or like. <laughs> no, we're talking like like he's, studio apartment Tyreek Hill is what we're yeah, talking. Yeah, like studio apartment yeah, Tyreek Hill. He's he's running plates to tables and also dropping his script on the plate when it's a producer in Hollywood. <laughs> that's what Elijah Moore is doing. So I, I just like that guy. I think if he's there at thirty-four, the Jets might take a long look. Um, at addressing either the running back or wide receiver spot at the top of the top, top of the second round. Yeah, I, I think Elijah Moore is is an interesting player, and right when you don't go out and get someone like, yeah, like a Curtis Samuel, you're leaving the door open, and that's a really important role. Like they certainly have the in that Shanahan scheme what they what they typically like in their top three receivers, and again, you know, you can't go just based on what he's done in the past. You have to look at what he's done in the last couple of years. So like Julio Jones and Andre Johnson, like that stuff isn't valuable, right? It's not valuable. Don't look at that. Look at what he's done in the last two, three years. And he's brought in players like Debo Samuel. He's brought in players like the kid out of Arizona state. Damn it. That our Scott, our very own Scott Mason loves, but uh, he likes these kind of 
They're like an X, Y receiver type where they can line up on the boundary. They can line up in the slot. They're not massively big like a Des Bryant. So that, but they're, you know, six, two ish or, you know, six foot so that they can push a little bit and get some, you know, get some leverage on guys on the boundary, but then they're also shifty enough that they can go inside in the slot and be versatile and valuable there and, you know, burn a slot corner. So someone like Elijah Moore is that like flanker Z type receiver, right? Because he's five, nine, 178 pounds, you know, ran a four, four on his pro day or four, four, three, five on his pro day. So that's really like a four, four, but you know, that, that's an incredible speed score. And so you look at him, you look at what he did um, in college in terms of production, in terms of special teams, like he's a Tyler Lockett type, which is, that's exactly what you want to put across from a Denzel Mims, you know, long-term, it's, that'd be a perfect pairing. So I, I like Elijah Moore that the guy, another Northwestern player, I really a lot is uh, Rashawn Slater, who's a center guard type, and I just think he's one of the most athletic interior players and interior linemen generally just don't get the draft capital that tackles do. And I think Travis talks about all the time how center is you know, such an important role and kind of setting up that interior is really important. And especially if you're going to put them in a zone blocking scheme where <laughs> your guards are going to be on the move. So they're going to be where the they're going to be moving left and right with the with the running back or the quarterback, like having an athletic player inside, I think that would be awesome. So I, I would love to see, I don't know if Rashawn Slater will last to day two, but if he does, man, I would love it if the Jets wound up with him because you know that the Niners are targeting a player like him as, as well. Totally. So. Oh, 100%. cool. Good guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for talking about how life has been going. Thanks for sharing your, concerns about the the jets and but also you're you know feeling pretty good about things overall with free agency we will find a time listeners to be back again very soon the draft's coming up quicker than i can't i can't even believe how quick it's coming up but uh, we'll be back soon i am being pulled away by my daughter who says that my new puppy just pooped on the floor downstairs so, uh, <laughs> oh hey brian uh, perfect time here yes yeah. collect it and then make it into some bread and send it to travis <laughs> I'll squeeze, I'll do, I'll do a bear grills and I'll squeeze the water out of it. And then I'll like use that as like an essence for a, uh, a I can make a real shit sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Call the poop shit. (laughs) All right, fellas. Thank you so much. The yeast rolls are on us. Feel free to take them home with you after your meal. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. Don't sleep on seven, seven Campbell. <laughs> you know I'm going to get Scott to cut in some Tevin Campbell. Brian, ask and you shall receive, my man. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.